Hi, I'm Dr. Tamitha Scove, the space weather woman, and you are listening to audio from my video forecast. So when I reference something to look at or to watch, if you want to see it, just visit my YouTube channel or check it out at spaceweatherwoman.com. And now, here is your forecast. We say goodbye to some big flare players as they rotate to the sun's far side. That story and more in the news this week. Space weather this week is calming down from the last couple weeks of really strong activity. As we take a look at our Earth-facing disk, we do have a couple coronal holes that have been rotating in through the Earth strike zone. They've been sending us a little bit of fast wind, but it's been reasonably underwhelming, and things are going to calm down over the next couple days and likely go back to quiet conditions. So aurora photographers are definitely going to have to wait a little while for some new chances for aurora. But the big story really are all the active regions in Earth view. In fact, regions 3190 and 3192, they are the only big flare players left on the disk. They are now rotating to the sun's far side, but not before both of them put on a beautiful show. We had region 3192 fire some kind of slingshot kind of uh, solar storm launch. It's not Earth-directed, but it was fun eye candy. And then just as it's about to leave the, the west limb, wham! 30, region 3190 fires off a big uh, M4.6 flare. This was a large solar flare and it actually did launch a solar storm but again not earth directed but we are definitely going to be keeping our eyes on this region as it transits the sun's far side because there's a good chance that this region will return and give us some more activity in about a, a two weeks or so meanwhile after that we don't have a lot going on when we look at the sun's uh, east limb there's not a lot of activity not a lot of solar storms and it does look like the flare intensity is going to die down a bit plus solar flux is going to continue to ramp down. So goodness gracious, we have a breather that's going to last for easily the next couple weeks, especially when we take a look at the sun's far side. This is stereo A, and we're looking at the sun just a tiny bit from the side. And you can see as we look past the two coronal holes, those are rotating through the sun's strike zone right now. We are looking at the sun's uh, east limb, and we don't see a lot of activity, not even any solar storms being launched. In fact, it may be another week or so before we even get any big uh, active regions back in Earth view. So it looks like for GPS users and amateur radio operators and for Aurora photographers, things are going to calm down. Now for all you stargazers, over the next few weeks, you're going to have a once in a lifetime chance to catch a green comet. Comet C2022E3ZTF Let's just call it the Green Comet. This is a gorgeous comet that has a very long green tail or coma. And the, the people ask, why is it green? Well, it's the same kind of material that we see when we see electrical arcs and discharges. You see that green or kind of greenish blue flash? Yeah, it's the same stuff. It's called diatomic carbon. But it's really beautiful and it makes photos of this comet something incredibly exceptional. Now, this comet is on a parabolic path that's going to plunge it right through the inner solar system. And right now, it's almost at the range of being visible. Now, it's only visible right now in the northern hemisphere, and it's going to be on closest approach. I think the closest approach is on February 1st, when it's going to be about 26 million miles away from Earth. That's about 109 times the distance between the, the Earth and the Moon. So it's still going to be quite far away. We don't have to worry about it plunging into us. But it's going to be bright enough that we could see it perhaps unaided with the naked eye in dark skies in the northern hemisphere. Now, the best time to see it in the Northern Hemisphere is from early evening time 
all the way through to early morning because that comet is going to be staying about 25 degrees or so above the horizon, which is fantastic viewing. But remember, you're going to be fighting the, the brightening moon because we just had a new moon and we're going to be moving on to a full moon. So that's going to make it a little bit tougher to see, especially if you're not in dark skies. But as we move into February, this comet is going to plunge th th uh, south through the uh, inner solar system and it's going to start being seen in the southern hemisphere. So southern hemisphere, folks, you're going to have to look, on, sadly, with a telescope or binoculars in order to see this comet, but you should start seeing it around February 12th. The nice thing is that you've got that dark moon right around February 20th, and, uh, and then that might give you a really good chance to see it without having any influence from the moon kind of making things harder to catch. Switching to our moon, we are now passing through the first quarter phase on our way to a full moon, and by the 30th, the moon will be about 68% illuminated. So you night sky watchers, if you want to catch those dim objects in the sky, like, I don't know, maybe a green comet, you're going to need to check your local rise and set times. Switching to our solar storm conditions and aurora possibilities over the coming week, we have been dealing with some fast solar wind from a coronal hole that's been rotating in through the Earth's strike zone, but things have been pretty underwhelming. And we take a look at our high latitude conditions. Over the next few days, NOAA is expecting active conditions, but we do have up to about a 30% chance of a minor storm, and this could last in through the weekend before things begin to really calm down and kind of quiet down. So we do have a chance for some aurora views at high latitudes. But as we take a look at our mid-latitude aurora possibilities, well, things don't look quite so good here. We are expecting unsettled conditions with up to about a 30% chance of active conditions, but sadly things will quiet down a lot faster at mid-latitudes. In fact, by the weekend, we really could be back to completely calm and quiet conditions. And sadly, this could be the last chance for us to have some aurora um, at mid-latitudes easily over the next couple weeks before we start getting a more active star. So sadly, Aurora photographers, well, you're just going to have to take what you can for now and just enjoy your photos. Switching to our solar flare and radio blackout outlook over the coming week, everything is beginning to calm down finally as these big flare players begin to rotate to the sun's far side. In fact, you can actually see it in the solar flux. We're sitting at about 175 now, but we're actually going to be down to about the mid-150s by Monday. And that's a far cry from the over 200 record that we had had just about a week ago. So amateur radio operators and GPS users, you should be uh, kind of smiling. We do still have decent radio propagation on Earth's day side, but man, that noise on the radio bands is really beginning to go down. Uh, NOAA is giving us about a 35% chance of M-class flares over the next day or so, which is also going to kind of come down quite a bit. By Monday, we could have as low as 5% chance of M-class flares. So this is very good news because radio blackouts mean that they're kind of going away and things are going to get a lot quieter. Plus, with that solar flux uh, coming back down to the mid-150s, radio propagation on Earth's day side will remain good, but you GPS users at low latitudes, even near dawn and dusk, you'll notice your reception will improve. And these conditions will easily last over the rest of this week and possibly into next week before things change. Now, as we take a look at our radiation storm and polar aviation outlook, well, with those big regions rotating to the sun's far side, this is also good news when it comes to radiation storm risk. We're back completely in the green when it comes to radiation storm risk. We don't have any issues right now, and we don't foresee any issues. So all you uh, flyers, uh, drone pilots, and uh, airline passengers, you're all in the clear. 
So the space weather this week is definitely calming down compared to last week. The Aurora photographers, we do have some fast solar wind that we're dealing with right now, but it's kind of on the waning side. So Aurora photographers at high latitudes, well, you could enjoy some decent shows in through the weekend before things really kind of quiet down. But at mid latitudes, if you're an Aurora photographer there, well, you're probably going to have to catch some shows Friday, possibly into Saturday, maybe not even then before things really get kind of quiet. And then after that, you're just going to have to hang out and wait because we're probably going to be another week or so before we get another chance for an Earth-directed solar storm. Now, amateur radio operators and emergency responders, well, you know, good news is all of those big flare players over the past couple weeks that kept causing all those radio blackouts, those are finally now to the sun's far side. So everything's getting much more quiet. You'll notice by about Monday of this upcoming week how the radio band, the noise on the bands has really calmed down. And that is good news, but don't worry the solar flux is not going to drop so far that radio propagation uh, tanks on, on the day side. Radio propagation is going to stay in the good range. So enjoy this because those regions on the sun's far side have about two weeks before they'll pop back out on the east limb and then we have to contend with them again. So enjoy the quiet. Now GPS users, well you know the noise, the noise levels are dipping down, that's good. The solar flux levels are dipping down, that's good. We don't have any solar storms on the way and that's good. So overall compared to the last couple weeks, your GPS reception at high latitudes on the day side near dawn and dusk and on the night side is looking pretty top-notch. I'm Tamitha Scove. Thank you for listening.